You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa! What up, me, Ant? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, folks... We got some entrepreneurial greatness that we're going to be showing you today. I mean, Homie is an amazing entrepreneur. I'm going to get into that in one sec. But and I but I had to have a certain co-pilot with me today because of the journey that our guest is on. Let me introduce the one, the only host of Awesome Sauce Radio, the man himself, the comic pimp, Mr. Blind Adam. What's up, kiddo? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, this was a nice, tr- nice treat to come on from a hectic day, but... Uh... You know, we, have, we have a really good guest today. Good guest. I think it's an amazingly great guest. I mean, this guest is the co-founder and CEO of Ira Tech Core, and he's also the founder of Personal.ai. He's doing what, what I like to call some God's work out there, helping people that have uh, visual impairments and whatnot through technology. My man is a master here. I mean, this, this is this is this is like Neo Morpheus and Trinity all morphed into one. Let me introduce the great, the one, the only super entrepreneur, Suman Kanuganti. Wepa, kiddo, how you doing today? <laughs> Good, Al. That was a fantastic introduction. Thanks, Al. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, kiddo, for for coming on and just talking about the stuff that you do in this particular field bro uh blessed man uh, this, uh we're blessed to have you on so thanks a lot so you know let, let's get into it let's start digging because the first thing that comic crusaders needs to know is like any great superhero because you are a superhero in the entrepreneurial world to me let us know where you from originally and, and just a little bit about your background growing up you know where you came from well, I'm not sure about if I'm the superhero because you are definitely wearing a Superman T-shirt. So you are the superhero here. But uh, originally, I'm from India. <laughs> I came to United States almost uh, 20 years ago now. Um, to I did my college. I did my master's. Uh, I got my uh, engineering degrees in robotics as well. Uh, I got a business background as well. So I think uh, over a period of time, you know, after working at many different corporations, uh, you know, Qualcomm, Caterpillar, many different places, I took the route of being an entrepreneur because I figured I ultimately like creating experiences and creating products for people. Uh, I will tell you more about it, but that's kind of a brief, you know, background of where I'm from. So. But what, what led you to kind of steer towards technology? If you were based on the companies you just shouted out, I need a room to, you know, <laughs> to sweep up all those amazing <laughs> names. So what, what, what inspired you to go that route? Oh, wow. Um, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> you didn't have a choice? I mean, <laughs> you're talking about uh, growing up in, in India, and this was like, a, what, like, you know, a few years ago, a few decades ago now. And you become only one of two things. You are either an engineer or you are a doctor. And I guess there is definitely an engineer in me than a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you operate on computers, kid. So you are a doctor of sorts. <laughs> it's not like I'm forced into it, but I definitely enjoyed the idea of the technology and the engineering and, uh, you know, creating things with the technology. Uh, even during the college times, I was, uh, I didn't have access to computer for a long, long time. And then I was pretty much... So Most wait, wait, wait. You're yeah, getting yeah, yeah. into engineering and technology, but you didn't have access to the technology. Yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. Wow, so that's kind of like uh, you know, I will I will try to probably circle up the story, but access is something that I'm like normally always passionate about. So the yeah. overarching theme that the companies that I build is about access. As it should be, because listen, I, I work in the technology field as well for my day job and, and I speak to many people from India, mm-hmm. you know as tech support and all <laughs> and so, yeah you know they, they talk about access and you know remote work and you know, it's just thank you for doing that too because you know you, you know out there they work hard son for real at, at, at such a low level of pay that it, it, it's so sad like people in the united states complain you have no idea no idea <laughs> yeah right right yeah. so um did you have if you will a group of people that you grew up with, that you kind of click with, that that help inspire you in your journey. I mean, I will remiss if I don't talk about my parents uh, because you know they are obviously like hard workers. They work for the government. Uh, both my mom and my dad 
um, you know, work for the government. My dad was a health worker, mostly like doing all the vaccinations, you know, back in the days of, you know, previous okay. vaccinations of polio and chickenpox and everything else, uh, getting everybody vaccinated in the nation. And my mom was a teacher, like she was an elementary school teacher. And obviously, uh, <laughs> you know, she, uh, I grew uh, under like, she had like three kids, man. Like she had three kids and, you know, she has to travel like, you know, 20 miles or so. Wow. Uh, really? Public transportation. And she has to come back and take it out. So I like thinking back right now. Yes, of course, I'm in the United States and I have a kid right now. It's like, oh my God, this is extremely hard. How did my mom do it? Right. So, and, I mean, and we have the ease of access with technology, our own vehicles, right? Yeah. I mean, wow, 20 miles. That's 40 miles a day back and forth, if you will. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that what a rough. That's crazy. Yeah. When did they come to this country then? Did they come to this country or you came first? No, I came to this country. You came. So they still back home, if you will? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. What made you decide to come to America? Oh, dear. My first flight ever was coming to United States. <laughs> that was your first flight ever? <laughs> wow. He's like, oh my God! So the first time you ever leave your country, man, you come in here for the first time. That's the first ever you leaving home. Wow! And then I land in uh, Missouri, Columbia. You know, in like Missouri. <laughs> Why Missouri? I would think New York, Massachusetts, yeah, Florida, like, wow. California. Yeah, that's what you the Midwest. <laughs> so I was an engineer, and one of the schools that is really good in the United States in robotics that I was passionate about was University of Missouri, Columbia. And I also had friends there. That's a different story. But um, for oh, Jimmy, Wait a, a minute. Don't, don't you escape from that one. You said okay. you had friends there. How, how, how did you get friends there? Is this some, so You met them internationally somehow? Uh, no, the only one friend that I had uh, back in uh, my town, which is a very small town, ended up in the same school uh, because oh, he cool. also was from like you know engineering background. So it's a good engineering school. And then I, uh, now on the hindsight, I was like, oh, I probably made a mistake because I had uh, admission into MIT as well, but I didn't realize how important it was. What? <laughs> what? Oh my God. Did you hear this, Adam? <laughs> yeah, MIT up in Cambridge, man. He said no to MIT. Oh, oh my God, yo. Okay, I have terrible, uh, more other terrible stories. Thank you you want to go into terrible stories, but uh, it's life. Yeah, yo. What's up, Tank Ferret? For real, yo. I mean, because this is the boss right here you guys are seeing. He's a boss. You guys have no idea the boss that this man is. So, all right. So, how easy was it for you as a young man to, you know, just graduating college to get into even the technology field? Was it an easy thing for you to get into, you know, graduating college? Were you doing it during college? What was that like for you? Um, I mean, I don't consider that as an event, right? It was almost like a process. So, it wasn't like an overnight thingy. Uh, me coming to the U.S. is an overnight thingy. So, you know, I went to school. I was mostly passionate about science and technology, mostly engineering. Okay. Um, and then once I started my, you know, college as well as my master's, I gradually kind of picked up, you know, access to the computers. And, you know, whatever was theoretical knowledge is now coming into reality. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't an event. It was mostly like a process. And I would want to say it was challenging, but at the same time, it's not easy, but I was passionate about it. So I think I was probably enjoying it uh, much more than trying to get into it. Gotcha. Um, specifically back in those days, you know, because of access, open source, I was more passionate about Linux because Linux was free, right? And you oh, know, I remember. I, yeah. I was messing with the Red Hat version. And Tank Ferry has a real quick question. What field of engineering you specialized in, if any? Yeah, so my college is in uh, electronics and instrumentation. So a lot has to do with, you know, sensors. And in today's world, it's IoT. My master's is in robotics. Um, so. Whoa. Are you going to make me a, an optim, a real Megatron? Not even Optimus. I want to have Megatron. <laughs> you know, there is definitely a robotic startups in my life, but I'm waiting for a perfect convergence of my, like many different things uh, to, you know, actually waiting. Do, do not wait for the convergence, but rather create it. Be, yeah. <laughs> be yeah. the so spark, think, baby. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Creating convergence in the fields where it's almost like a prerequisite for is next wave of convergence, which is robotics convergence with AI. We can talk about all that. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. So that, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I have Adam on, 
because I know that you know one of the things you that you seem to be passionate about is helping the visually impaired through certain things. So I'm gonna leave the floor to Adam real quick to ask you a couple of questions about that journey, why you even stepped into that. Actually, before you even give me that, why did you step into the uh, that that journey? And then Adam, the rest is yours. Okay. Uh, why did I step in? Probably Adam heard the story with many podcasts that I did while I was at Ira, building Ira, but. Generally, I'm most passionate about like trying to solve hard problems or human problems with convergence of technologies. And, you know, human problems is like a little, like a vague thing, right? Like what does human problems mean? For me, it's about what are the things that are close to individual person and human and uh, is that meaningful enough to solve using uh, technology? So with Ira, I had a good friend of mine. His name is Matt Brock. He and myself, we used to talk a lot about technology until Google Glass came along. Uh, we suddenly thought, oh, hang on. Um, that is what we need for, you know, actually creating that visual information that is missing from people who are blind and low vision uh, to create an experience. Um, okay. And that's kind of how the inception of Ira began. And it was already close to my heart because uh, of my friend. Uh, so I chose that path and had a right mix of convergence that is about to happen. So I jumped on it. Wonderful. Adam, floor is yours, kiddo. Okay, so what is the, the, this new device that you've created? When when is uh, Ira started, Adam? Yeah, basically, uh, how did you come up with the the development of Ira? And how does it like help uh, people with uh, visual impairments? Yeah, yeah. So this started, oh dear, Jan of 2015. Uh, and even before the company started, I was probably working on it for five to six months. Um, initially, it was purely a concept, right? A concept, you know, if there were rich visual descriptions of life around a blind person that is in real time, what would that mean? To people who are blind in low vision, right? So that was initially the thesis or the hypothesis. So I pulled together a proof of concept with Google Glasses and we created a streaming engine on the glasses. And I had a person looking at the stream remotely, uh, describing in real time what is happening around them. And that first person ever who said, okay, to, for my experimentation uh, was actually my wife. Uh, Hey, I mean, that's what you do, right? Like to bootstrap, you basically pull all the things that you got in your hands to to, to get an experience. And then I flew to Denver. Um, That's where Matt Brock lives. And then I said, okay, let's uh, let's try this thing out. Uh, And dear, I remember like the first time when it actually like worked and then it was like 10 second, 15 second delayed, but still Matt said, Suman, this must be like mind blowing because I never had such kind of access to the information like wow. what I just experienced like right now. Because generally there is, I mean, I, of course, I learned a lot about blind community and, uh, you know, I, I, like I kind of built this company with the blind community uh, alongside and, you know, kind of learned the structure discovery and, you know, what process that goes into it. Uh, and even I actually got the training as well um, at Louisiana Center for the Blind. Uh, myself I, with that. I was going to ask, uh, did you have any blindness skill training uh, going into learning how to make the device, uh, you know, user friendly for people who are visually impaired? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, Louisiana. Yeah, I went to Louisiana. Yep. Uh, I've heard of the, heard of the place. I'm a Denver person myself. Say uh, it again, Adam. Uh, I I am affiliated with the uh, Denver School. Oh, you went to Denver School. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you are in Denver too? Oh, wow. Huh. No, I'm not in Denver anymore, but the, the, oh, okay. you went to school the other, um, NFB schools is uh, out in Denver. Were you at the NFB convention last week? No, I, mi- I missed it this year. Oh, okay. I was there speaking. Oh, you spoke there this past weekend. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. So how, was, how was this year's NFB convention? Yes. Um, it was good. New Orleans, um, it was interesting because the exhibit hall and... Uh, the convention center is is split and and it was a busy street 
And the weird part was you had to like go around to get to the uh, signals and cross. So I think there was um, not so efficient, but generally like people coming together after two years, now I should say three years, right? May. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was fantastic. So I had like heck of a time, like just catching up with everybody. And since I ran, you know, this company, you know, I didn't, I didn't meet a lot of people. So it was, uh, it's like Suman, you're building something new. What's happening? You know, right. uh, what have you been doing, man? You've been locked up. I mean, but Suman, Suman has been building. I mean, because again, look, this guy, folks. Before we continue, just want to know, you know, he's been recognized as SDBJ's forty on the forty, Smithsonian's top top innovators, right? You know, uh, he's a robotics expert. He's been featured in CNN and Forbes. I mean, this man, yo, and he helps others, and he's creating. You know, I mean, even more stuff, uh, uh, particularly, you know, personal AI, things that we're going to get into because the creator, he's talking about people being able to create, own, and monetize their personal AI, something very interesting. But, you know, before we get into that, I know uh, Adam has a couple more questions, but I definitely want to talk about that AI stuff because I'm a personality. So if I could, if I could clone myself somehow, bro, let's get it done. <laughs> we don't need two owls running around. <laughs> <laughs> One mega is enough. Yeah. This new device that you're, you're building, how does it differ from Ira? Um, it is different from Ira in the sense that the community the feel of the community is slightly different and i should say dramatically different maybe it's like a lot more different because um i will say similarities first and then i said differences because i think that probably makes more sense from the similarity standpoint you know earlier i was talking about like picking hard problems and you know how can we use technology to kind of augment with ira it was about vision right it's missing yes. visual information and then using the technology ai ar people to kind of converge them to you know to fill that gap of missing visual information in this case it's about your mind your memory your experiences that you have every day every day we create consume a lot of things but we obviously forget a lot uh, a lot our creations or our actions or decisions is not based on like some total of all our experiences and in fact there is science that says 80 percent of what we pretty much experience creation or consumption is lost. It's like entirely lost. It's just gone. So gone. the core thesis is what if you can actually indeed create a digital mind of you as in your own personal AI? Uh, that was the core thesis of personal AI. Um, so the difference is personal AI you know, with Iroh, had a community. I know exactly where to go, the people to talk to, uh, who are the most valuable um, uh, uh, people to speak to. Like with the personal AI, it's, it was a little bit blurry for me. Like I didn't know which community uh, to go to, you know, whom to talk to. I talked to like many different people. I went to, you know, a group of like dementia because that obviously was augmenting you know missing memory information for people early stage memory loss but technology wasn't there you know the convergence cannot happen so i soon realized that and then moved to like other groups of people so anyway after like a bunch of experimentation and now i think i found the community where this company this company belongs uh, which is the thought leaders and creators which i can talk a little bit more about but i think uh, that was about probably one of the big differences um Adam. Wow. Excellent. You got anything else, Adam? Uh, I'm good at the moment. I just I need a minute to catch, catch, uh, recalibrate my thoughts. Uh, no worries. So, okay. So, talk to me about this personal that AI because you're talking about helping people to create, own, and monetize their personal AI. Now, that for me is the keyword: personal AI. Uh, everybody, uh, me too, man. Uh, Skynet. <laughs> so talk about hey, that this. requires convergence of robotics we'll do it very soon <laughs> um it's exactly as i said it's personal ai so if you think about our experiences every day as people we are talking to a lot of people we are doing a lot of social media we are probably doing a lot of podcasts we are um, writing in different platforms. Uh, we are using any number of different tools. One thing that is common at 
with most of these tools is when you write on Twitter, the data is stuck in Twitter. If you write on Facebook, the data is stuck in Facebook. If you are talking to a you know person, if it is not recorded, then it's probably lost. Uh, if you are recording, such as like Zoom or this podcast, it's probably stuck in their platform as well. So what's happening is the aggregation of the data that is happening uh, to the platforms with multiple people across. But if you flip that narrative and think about what if we aggregate all this data for the individual, mm. right? Now we are talking about aggregating um, AI and creating a model around the experiences and creations of that person and what can we do with it, which is, I think is fascinating. And that's why I'm building this company. Now, uh, in other words, this is- <laughs> You are blowing my mind right now because I, I this, see so this, many different possibilities. That's exactly what we're building. <laughs> so we, uh, we built a system where technically you can capture any creations or any consumptions that you are doing every day on a day-to-day basis, as well as your historical piece of information, uh, and process them into what we call a memory stack, which is nothing but a series of structured data on a timeline, if you will, right? Okay. And you own this data. You, it belongs to you. We actually guarantee the ownership of the data with technology such as blockchain. Oh, so you uh, guarantee that I have my data ownership? Because again, you know, people worry about that data. You know, very sensitive stuff. So mm-hmm. I own it regardless. And then you it's protected own. by the blockchain. You're saying? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> I'll let you work this out. You're killing me here, bro. Yeah, and I have this. What yeah, else? but I mean, my man is a genius over here. Look at, look at, Suman is like Lex Luthor right now. I think small, we have a real life Tony Stark here, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. So, you know, the, I think it's not rocket science. I think it's just about like the mindset, like how you think about it. Um, so if you, you like with Ira, right, since Adam is here, yes. the idea of like using Google Glasses, which has a camera, Pretty much everybody asked me, how would it be useful for a blind person, right? Because it's a camera equipped device and, you know, are you like zooming in on the display? Like what is happening? Is it for uh, like low vision people to zoom in things? Uh, but but the concept was fairly simple. It's like somebody else is uh, looking yeah, at it. processing it. the eyes inside the camera, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the camera itself. Yeah. Now, in, in, in this scenario with this company, if you, if you think about, uh, blockchain, or if you think about AI, or even any of the technologies, they are merely pieces of technologies. Uh, what we are interested in is solving this idea of creating digital mind for augmenting yourself in the manner that is acceptable to people, which comes, the first thing is privacy. The first thing is ownership, right? Yes. And, and, yes. and that are fundamental. So if blockchain allows us to guarantee that, why, for the, why shouldn't we use it, right? Um, I I can get into a little bit more. Like, (laughs) get into it. Get in. I want you to get into that because people need to realize that when private, you know, being private is a real thing. There are things we don't want out there. You know what I mean? And and, and if we're able to protect our assets, if you will, and and, and a very secure platform, why wouldn't we want to do that? If you will. And that is it. Uh, so all the data that goes into your memory stack, it's your digital asset. It's almost like continuously an automated way of capturing and creating your life that is it, It's a digital fingerprint, but also would you consider it a digital soul? Uh, we'll get to that AI part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, everybody get metaphysical, people. Okay, let's start now. Uh, switch to the AI part. Um, soul is probably like a little bit too far out, which I am not capable enough to even talk about it, I think. However, the idea of the AI is to make sense of all the data that you have within your sphere. So let's just say, you know, uh, AI, Al, you, you are a podcaster. You probably have a blog as well. You're probably talking to many people. So you have it yes. in mind. You have it captured. Now imagine 
if I had to talk to you again on a follow-up because I'm enjoying this conversation, I would have to, you know, either text you or I should ask you for a call and get on the call. But you are the busy person. You don't have time for me. Um, now imagine your digital mind can actually do that in a more authentic manner like you would, right? I want to brainstorm some topics about, you know, blockchain or maybe some of the podcasts that you had with other people. Now, rather than thinking about passively consuming the content or listening to the content and forgetting about it or God knows where it is in the web, web now I can actually message, text, direct message your personal AI and get a response from your AI. It's just not about like emotional connection. It's about your mind. It's about your knowledge. It's about the thought process and how you think about things. And that's exactly the experience today. Once you create your personal AI, so this a, so this personal AI kind of figures out my mental algor algorithm, if you will. It is an algorithm of your data. Whoa! So it's an, an algorithm of you know all the information you would have stored like in your memory. Correct. Whoa! It's an algorithm that is synthesizing <laughs> all the data that you ever created in your life and continue to create. Welcome to Skynet. Al Mega is going to be a T3000. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Suman. You are blowing my mind, bro. And this is all. Yeah, on I think blockchain it's really too, fascinating. Right? Isn't it fascinating? This is Suman, bro. I, I think you're one of the most interesting guests I've had thus far because the concepts here, it's, it's, it's just mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Like, really, but it's very simple. But were you a movie fan to even get inspired with stuff like this? Because I mean, bro, what, yeah, where did you even start digging in to thinking that way? <laughs> I'm saying, for real, what inspired that really? Because, you know, that's a very unique way of thinking. Yeah, uh, inspiration. I mean, I have a story for that too. Um, like, uh, I think I think most of the inspiration is always from people, right? So with Ivra, we talked about Adam, um, building the community but my friend matt brock that was the inception with uh, this company uh, it was my uh, partner mentor investor co-founder of ira his name is larry bock he's actually legally blind adam maybe you heard yeah, me tell this story before yeah i think i, I, I heard about him in the community the blind community on and off yes yes so larry bock uh, i say he bootstrapped me as an entrepreneur that's kind of hey. how i define it because hey, he bootstrapped like, you, hey, he locked you down. He said, That's the Suman, you're going for a ride, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he created like 27 companies and super successful entrepreneur. Whoa. He's also a Lux partner. And what happened was, once we started working together, I was like learning a ton and getting inspiration a ton, ideating and strategizing a ton. And uh, he gets pancreatic cancer and he passes away uh, within oh. like, like nine months of fighting it. Uh, that was how long how long were you being mentored by him before he passed uh it's like almost 18 months yeah oh my god really oh, so well, you it was only 18 months wow. yeah it was only 18 months and in fact this was the last company that he created with me right so you know after wow. he passed away there were like a lot of stories around you know why did larry spend so much time with this company with this guy so it's it's a it's a, it's a so it's, it's, it's very personal. It's very personal. No pun intended. <laughs> to you, it is then. surely personal. Uh, it is okay. surely personal. Uh, I actually have his book right here. Uh, that's him. Where for ideas, man? A Larry Bach guide to life. Can because we get creating... this like on Amazon or something? Uh, yeah, you can get it. But I'm creating his AI now, so I'm ready. You oh, so so wait a minute. So the world is gonna get Larry back in a way. In a way, yes. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, brother, you're killing me, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is every comic book we've ever read. Come to right, you know what I'm saying, bro. We, I'm gonna tell you, bro. This is like aim high to the, the, the comic book government. This is everything all into one with Suman. I love it. Were you ever a comic book fan, too? I gotta ask. I just gotta ask. Yeah, I, 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 I was getting into it. I'm uh, into comics, but I didn't have an opportunity to kind of dig deep into comic books as such. Uh, but I'm generally okay. a comic fan. And in fact, I'm in San Diego, so I cannot uh, not be a comic fan oh. or a comic con fan. So Don't tell me you're, not go you're going to the con this year. I went last year, so I'll probably... Okay. No, I'm not going this year, no. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's coming up really quickly next week. So, yeah, it's yep. crazy. Mm -hmm. it's crazy. I'll be there. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. 
I lived yes. in downtown, so it always was so much easier. Oh, yeah, that's all you gotta do. Who needs listen, folks? Real talk, you do not need a pass to SDCC. Yeah. You just go to downtown you, you, you and you hang walk out. All downtown, oh, yeah. and just yeah. stay outside and, and you party, son. I, I, I got it's so the most beautiful up. place to party. It is, it's beautiful. <laughs> they cover down, they close downtown for comics, folks. I love it. Uh, and they're soon gonna be closing downtown for for the for technology when Suman be bringing the stuff to the block because. <laughs> Bro, again, you're doing amazing things. Uh, what do you feel about the creator economy? Uh, are we in a good place right now as creators? What or, or, And what can we do to really take advantage of the current environment? Yeah, very good question. Um, I think there's tons happening in the creator economy and there's tons of like thought leaders in the creator economy space. I'm probably like a newbie into the industry, if you will, right? Because I come from a problem first focused experience and then uh, everything else comes into play for me. Okay. So the reason we, you know, landed with serving the creators as our first market is that these thought leaders, you know, they have to do a lot of work on everyday basis. And they are probably creating tons of content everywhere in multiple different platforms. Uh, and they already uh, they, they have these motivations of like creating and engaging with the communities, but they obviously don't have time. Like, so how do you elevate the connection that and access that these thought leaders and these creators has to a larger group of people? Uh, even for example, in here, Al, how many people listen to this live stream? How many people like listen later on? But yeah. if indeed there is a, you know, AI of you uh, that I can, you know, go interact with, I would likely do that, you know, much better than listening to a, you know, to our yeah. podcast that I already missed. Yeah. Like Adam said, man, having two megas in the world is going to be very dangerous. You know, <laughs> it, it might cause the next big bang. <laughs> so, going back to creator economy, I think there is a shift. There is a fundamental shift that is happening for the creator economy. Uh, one is primarily driven by the idea of data ownership itself. Yes. Uh, because right now, I think platforms are... You know, it created like good utility and good businesses, no pun intended. But I think, you know, creators or even consumers for that matter are more aware right now about uh, that data ownership. Like, why is this data that we are creating and not creating more value back to us? So there is an issue with the economic distribution of what is happening out there. Uh, and the that, that goes back into core idea of like this data ownership. Now, if you do indeed own the data, maybe it will create additional value back to the creators. Okay. And we indeed need to bring something like an AI to the creator to actually extract that utility from the data that you own. Just by owning the data, you don't become like you know rich or make additional money, or, but you need to create like utility, you create value. And the value in here is not only you are gaining inspiration and ideation within your own mind, because now you have some total of all your experiences but that will become an alternate source for people to interact and access like your mind. Now imagine like, you know, the thought leaders beyond you, uh, since you're talking about the creator economy, you know, what if Legion's uh, AI is out there for yes, people like yeah. me who are in the profession of creator economy to kind of understand, you know, her perspective on creator economy on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's kind of the experiences that we want to unlock. So, and I got to ask you, is all this a creator economy part of Web3? And, and for people that don't understand what Web3 means, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So I don't think creator economy, everything has to do with Web3. Uh, what creator economy has to do is with uh, identifying uh, individuals who want to, uh, you know, who has like specific uh, things, skills um, to offer that other people enjoy in its own business. Um, probably the idea of the creator economy was happening all along. In other words, if you generally think about the businesses and how things have been built over a period of time, you know, early on days during internet mainframes, only large institutions and governments had access to, you know, that internet and that power, right? So we were all like just simply consumers. We go to encyclopedia.com and read things, you know, when long time ago. But then uh, as the further, when, when the, the, the idea of uh, server computing and, you know, PCs became more accessible to us and internet became more accessible to us, we started creating more and more 
organizations, corporations, and startups um, that created like today's Google, today's Facebook, and everything else. So what is happening is there is a further decentralization of access to the hardware, access to the internet down to the individual level, where people can now create their own individual businesses in the form of their skills that they can offer. I mm -hmm. am an artist. Uh, I would like to be you know, playing in the creator economy and go directly serve my community. I don't need a middleman, right? Okay. Uh, so the platforms enable the creator economy in Web2 world, which is like, you know, YouTubes and podcasts and uh, music. Okay. Now what is happening is the shift is happening with where we, the, the, the creators are more motivated to engage directly their communities. And uh, the economics are not at the mercy of the platform. The economics are at the mercy of their own individual uh, ownership uh, wow so I, individuality and individual. wow, content wow nice okay okay so how can so they that, take advantage of that how, how can they use that to their advantage like do you have any advice of uh, how any content creators could navigate the, this whole new world to their advantage yeah so there are many things i think depending on uh what kind of a creator are you are you a Podcast creator, content creator, um, uh, existing like you know, you create videos. Um, there is a set of uh, tools that are available out there today. For example, if you are a artist, I think it's pretty you know very well matured the businesses of NFTs and how you can create your own uh, community uh, because you create an art and you associate authenticity and ownership to an NFT and you create a community around it. So I think that is pretty um, uh, well versed. So if you are a creator who is an artist, I think I think uh, you should simply, you know, uh, search for like how do I leverage NFTs, you know, to create my own community and business. How do you, how do you feel about NFTs? You know, is, is that a viable uh, a thing for for creators to to make revenue? Um, for certain kinds of uh, people, yes. And as I was uh, trying to like give examples on. Not everything will solve everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so NFTs will are specifically good for like you know artists uh, because the asset itself is an art. It makes much more okay. sense. Uh, it's not about you know downloading the image. It's about the art. It's about the person. It's about the connection to the art and the thing that goes behind it. So when you are attaching the idea of the concept of the NFT to a real authentic thing. Yes, I think it's a real thing. But however, you know, people misuse things. So, you know, there are a lot of scams. There are a lot of like things that does happen in the world of NFT. But NFT is nothing but a mechanism, a tool uh, that is available out there for artists to, you know, do okay. it. But anyway, going back to your question on, on, on creators, uh, like musicians can go to something called audios, you know, kind of similarly leverage the Web3 technologies. And have your community kind of buy into your music. You can yeah. you can create so it your without brand. Any, yeah, it's your brand, and without any like you know central distributor or you know provider, right. if you will. And if it is a thought leader, that's where we come into play, which is personal AI. Now you have your you know kind of digital okay. mind that you own, and you can monetize uh, it, right. and people but, can. But but hopefully it's not taking thirty percent like YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so even if you think about the the economics are like all messed up over there. Um, it's not just about thirty percent. It's just it's about are you trying to build for like thousand true fans or are you trying to build for you know uh, ten ten million people? Meaning it takes extremely long amounts of effort for make any meaningful uh, money on platforms like YouTube. Absolutely, uh, before you get to that stage now. People has done it. That's great, but it does not work for people Everyone. who has like hundred true fans and thousand true fans. But the Web three world, it actually works for the true fans. It actually works for thousand true fans Oof. Um, because there is no middle person to actually take the cuts. So, oh my, you hear this, folks? People, we're about to make some money. So, Adam, as a you know host of your own podcast, you know vidcast. You know, what type of questions as a content creator do you have for Suman? Uh, basically, you know, how, 
you know what what do you see the Great. I just I just set up brain fire for a second. Al, uh, no worries. So, uh, am I guessing? How do you see this community going? Do you think it's going to be easily accepted? Maybe. Do you think creators will be easily understanding uh, of this new approach? You know, is there a learning curve, Suman? I mean, what what do creators need to do to be able to, you know, uh, really get, you know over themselves yeah. here and when yeah so i think it's a good question um i would like one thing i would say is don't fall in love with the technology fall in love with your community in other words mm. there is the tendency of the web3 like this idea of like okay crypto native like everything is crypto um, but i think what matters the most is web3 enables like a novel way to nurture the community but but uh, that should not be the core reason to nurture a community. You nurture a community for a purpose, yeah, and that purpose yeah. should exist. If that purpose exists and you have a company, then you can use Web3 as a set of tools to maximize the work that you're doing and the community love that they have for you. Right? Uh, so that's kind of how I think about it. Excuse me, as a content creator, uh, you know, what do you think the how difficult is the point of entry going to be for someone brand new wanting to start uh, in the, you know, this new content creator driven economy that we're going into? Uh, at this time, it is hard. It is not like, oh, you know what, uh, there is one um, response or one thing to say, you know what, everything will make it easy. Right now, we have to figure out understanding what the wallets mean, where do you store the money, how do you transfer the money, which platforms to use, what are the authentication mechanisms, so it's messy. Uh, so I don't want to set false expectation that it's all easy for everybody to access it. It does take a little bit of learning curve on uh, understanding uh, what, uh, what it means. And I think, first of all, it's about coming with a plan. Like, what is your plan? What is your goal? And there are courses, there are communities actually for web3 beginners who are content creators to to be in that space as well so there's an entry point too uh in the context of personal ai we are a experience focused company in other words uh for us it's not about like just pushing the web3 as a as our agenda for us it's about you know how do we you know solve the problem of access between the people and how do we augment uh, people so in that mechanism we are using uh, Web3 for ownership reasons and monetization reasons. For example, when Al has this personal AI and, and I will fall in love with him, uh, I can <laughs> simply I can simply subscribe to his AI, right? Similar to subscribing to your content or newsletter or podcast, right? Okay. Or people can, you, Al, can issue a NFT collection which says this is Al's personal AI NFT collection. And so man, right. if you buy one of my NFTs, then you will have access to my AI. But the big difference, if you think about like the first model, which is a subscription, everybody understands it with the NFT model is very simple, which is in the first model, it's a flat price. Platform is hitting the price. Yeah. In the second model, everything is dynamic. So as your demand increases, Al, when you get to, you know, 100 to 1,000 to a million, your price kind of increases so yeah, that's true. how economics actually work you know well, listen to my fat joe says this all the time yesterday's prices are not today's <laughs> prices <laughs> you know what i mean isn't that the truth yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, let's exactly. get real that's exactly. what it is i so mean now like, we should give that to creators as well or to yeah. everybody for that matter Absolutely. Like yesterday, we had one price, but you 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 missed the boat, and now it's back up. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to pay today's price. Exactly. <laughs> I I love when Fajo says that because for me, it's like preach, my brother, preach. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, Would it be okay if I ask a, a, one more a, another Ira question? Sure. Uh, how how can Ira help someone who's visually impaired and? You know, wanting to you know get into the creator content uh, world to, to make everything like kind of sort of into mix. Oh yeah, good question. Um, good question. I actually have few good stories about it. Oh, um, okay. I don't know if you if you know the blind person. Her name is Joy Mistovich. 
I heard uh, of her. Yeah, she actually wrote her second book and she gave me her book. Uh, I think I have it somewhere here. Um, this guy got books everywhere. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so she used like Ira in the process. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about like Ira in the context of the uh, content creator, but rather Ira in the context of what is missing for you to be the content creator that you would want to be, right? Um, so for example, you know, are you okay? You are trying to create some content and thought leadership. Uh, do you have plans on what platforms do you want to be for what reasons and are those platforms accessible or not accessible are there any like visual elements that with providing rich description your uh, inspiration and ideation will kind of elevate to serve your you know customers and communities better so that's kind of how how i would uh, think about like leveraging ira in the process for the content creators and creators mm. oh wow does that satisfy you adam Yes, it does. It means maybe, uh, you know, there's a couple of personal assistants that can be replaced with technology. <laughs> no, but yeah, listen, who are you talking about? You better not be me, bro. No, no, it's not you. It's other, it's other people who, uh, you know, uh, who decided. look at that. You, you just got me fired from helping Blind Adam. No, it's there. not you. Like, other, other people who I'm only still... kidding. I'm only kidding. I know, brother. I'm only kidding. Because yep. Suman is doing, like I said, God's work, man. He's helping. You know, communities, he's helping creators, he's helping, you know, blind. I mean, yo, brother Suman, you know, you are doing amazing work. Flower is time. I always say this. Flower is time, baby. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Suman. Thank you for being brave enough to be an entrepreneur, brave enough to step into this world, brave enough to try and tackle the world's problems, you know, and helping certain Excuse communities. Me, oh, okay. I want to say thank you for something. You go ahead, thank, bro. Thank you for creating technology that is enriched people's lives, especially mine. I, hey. you know, I use your, I use Ira. I also use Be My Eyes. I, with technology, I'm starting to think of, if I was 50 years ago, you know, I was like, hmm, I can't even imagine what being blind 50 years ago was like anymore because of all things like Ira right now. Wow. Thanks, Adam. Well, I'm grateful. Thanks for the kind words. I'm, I'm grateful, but, you know, it's fun having conversations with you. Well, you know, you do what you do, Suman. You keep going. So, you know, before we go, what's in the future? Can we see you anywhere? Will you be speaking anywhere? You know, what's popping next, you know, for you, Suman? Ah, <sighs> oh, here you go. I got a busy-ass schedule, son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, mostly I'm, I'm currently focused on the company and uh, actually Beautiful. launching things and creating, uh, actually launching creators AIs. So over the next uh, weeks to months to like probably a few years, we'll continuously be launching the thought leader AIs and creating more and more AIs. Um, so I guess, you know, if you, want, if you are a thought leader or indeed, like if you are a professional wanting to create your AIs, I would just uh, have everybody, you know, Sooner, better than later, because AI, as you know, so, takes time, builds up. Yeah, and it needs to go to personal AI to contact you. Correct? Yeah, personal AI, and you can actually go hit Explore AIs, and my AI is hanging out in there. Oh, uh, really? So we're gonna be talking to AI Suman in the airport. Check this out. He already got a clone of himself. Look at this guy. Yeah, you can. I'm, wait, wait, wait. Am I? Sh Adam, I know you can't see, but I'm just saying, are we talking to the real Suman? Can the real Suman stand up? <laughs> no, we got the real Suman. He's got I, the AI in the background doing other things right now. <laughs> I hope so. That's why he Suman. can be in two places at once. Hey, bro. Let's see him, man. I, I see this guy's a super. Yeah, I mean, I think going to be doing some, some crazy it's a, stuff. Obviously, it's all experimental, but you know, it is out there. There's nothing to hide. And then uh, it's, it's a learning experience. So we shall see how it goes. So lastly, what pieces of advice would you give anyone, you know, entrepreneurial that wants to step into any type of space based on your journey? I'm not sure if I'm wise enough to give advices, but one thing I would say After is what that... you've done, how dare you? <laughs> You're so humble. <laughs> um, let me think. Um, yeah, I, I think it kind of goes back to the previous mentality. I think I think a lot of people fall in love with the technology. I think it's important it's important to like to be super grounded and like focus on the problems and um 
you know, do more things for like real human beings, I guess. Gotcha. There you go. Serve your community, serve the world, serve us earthlings. So <laughs> stop this black, white, brown, yellow stuff. Stop all that. At the end of the day, after you saw today's space telescope picture, all right, come on now. This universe is much grander. So we are all human beings. We're nothing else. So let, let, let's get together and let, let's serve a greater purpose and, and, and just, you know, this be is good definitely to one an another. example of the, you know, putting the world better, leaving the world in a better place than when you found it. That's what Suman is trying to do. This is yeah. why people like this inspire you and me, Adam, and everyone else. And Suman, thank you again. Like so much for, for taking time out of your very busy schedule to chat with us today and talk about the greatness of the things you've done, you know, sharing your insight and all. Uh, you've been nothing but an amazing guest. Uh, and again, folks, uh, I want you to go visit this website. It's personal.ai. You're going to get a lot more insight, uh, things into what Suman is doing. And if you're very interested, if you have a LinkedIn, go. Uh, to Naganti Suman on uh, LinkedIn and on Twitter, it's Suman Kanuganti. All right, so, you know, reverse. <laughs> so, 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 check that out. You know, show them the love, let them know Comic Crusader sent you, and appreciate people that have the foresight to want to help the world in the way he does. So, much kudos uh, and salute to you, my brother. You know, uh, you. Uh, bless you on this endeavor, and I can't wait to see what you do next because if i could get an almega ai watch out world you don't want me clone that's gonna be dangerous baby <laughs> so and with that thank you suman thank you adam so out yeah. folks i need you to check out my homie adam every wednesday night at 9 p.m for awesome sauce radio it's not for kitties but it's definitely hella fun so again awesome sauce radio every wednesday at night on youtube uh, of Austin Source Radio on Twitter, Austin Source Radio, and on Comic Crusaders Twitch, all right? And with that, you know what to do when it comes to Comic Crusaders. Check out everything, ComicCrusaders.com, TheCoverCapes.com. And with that, Suman, thank you one again. God bless you. you. Adam, later, my brother. Yeah. And mi gente, much love. Hasta la próxima. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 